time to hear live from R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Good morning, R.W. Good morning, Allison. Early civil rights advocate Booker T. Washington once remarked, there are two ways of exerting one's strength. One is pushing down, the other is pushing up. Apropos of Booker T.'s interest in the world of mechanical endeavor, hardly a day passes that I don't find myself either pushing down or pushing up. Maybe it has to do with the old sheep herders proverb of Provence, that pastoral region of southern France where supposedly the troubadour tradition began. That Provençal proverb goes something like this, the main thing is to move. In other words, it's important to stay in motion so as not to gather any moss, or possibly worse, to atrophy. Of course, one might carry this in-motion thing to extremes, as my girlfriend suspected of me this past week when she glanced at the screen of my notebook computer as I sat at the dining room table. Wednesday afternoon, I had just completed the last couple of miles in the 100-mile swim I had been talked into at the Old Town YMCA several weeks before. Having swum that sizable distance, I felt ready for more. Once, as a high school junior in Germany at an American military base, a couple of friends and I who were on the swim team discussed the possibilities of swimming the English Channel. We worked up considerable enthusiasm, but not, did not ever follow through after our initial wish listing. So now, nearly a half century later, I had the Internet do a lot of preliminary legwork for me. Perhaps learning that the oldest person to successfully swim the channel was 74 years old encouraged me most. That gave me a fair number of years to comfortably prepare. Meanwhile, something else was distracting me. I had received, via regular U.S. Postal Service delivery, what looked to be most certainly a scam letter, pretending to be a link to an inheritance left by one of my relatives on my father's side of the family. My father was raised Catholic and had six brothers and five sisters, which meant I had oodles of cousins. My first visit was to the local post office, where I had a brief chat with the postmistress, who looked at the Canadian postmark and surmised that, were we to pursue an investigation, this item might become interesting indeed. But, she said, she couldn't do anything until I had involved local law enforcement. So my next step was the local police station, where the officer who came out to see me said, after looking at the letter for a moment or two, there was nothing he could do about it. Now I had to push up a little, as Booker T. Washington might say. I had to remind the officer that the scammer had provided an email address, an email address I was not about to try to reach for fear that the scammer would then have my email address. Instead, I told the officer, I would appreciate at least his contacting the email address to see what would happen. Further controlling was needed because the officer said the DA would laugh at him if he went to the DA with the letter, that the FBI would do the same. And then I pushed down slightly, saying that it's no wonder so much of the scamming is happening, since law enforcement seems to be willing to let it go unchecked. My remark was followed quickly with another imploring request. All I was asking was that he try contacting the email address in the letter to see what would happen. He finally acquiesced, but I haven't heard anything since. I'll probably have to go by the police department again, or maybe I'll move up the ladder to the sheriff's department, the state troopers, the FBI. This pushing up and pushing down thing is bound to work at more than one level, right? Stay warm out there. From Orono, Maine, here's to a great day.